Welcome back to Talking Risk. We've been gone for a long time. I'll I'll give you all the excuses. Um, our businesses, our respective businesses, got pretty busy there for a little bit. Then Ricky had COVID, and I had COVID. My COVID lasted four weeks, and uh, you know it was uh, miserable. I I say I wouldn't wish that on anyone other than Congress and our current sitting president. But uh, but other than them, I wouldn't wish COVID on, on anybody. It was miserable. I had five rough days, nothing like you. Yeah, and so uh, every day was a different symptom. And one day I woke up, my toes were killing me because uh, apparently it's an inflammatory deal and it'll attack your joints. And I'm walking around the house like a stick man because I can't even use my toes. And then another day I'll wake up, my eyes were killing me. I couldn't look from side to side. And uh, it was something. The cough was horrible. Fever was horrible. My wife got me one of those little oxygen meters Mm -hmm. because uh, she she figured I wasn't getting enough oxygen, right? Because I was heaving all the time and wheezing. And uh, that never really went down below 97%. Hmm. So that was that was good. But I felt like I wasn't getting enough oxygen. Like an elephant was sitting on your chest. Well, so the thing is, is that you don't think about these normal things that you do. You don't think about blinking. You don't think about breathing, right? But when when you do, when you got COVID, you start thinking about breathing. And when you're thinking about breathing, all of a sudden it gets harder to breathe. Mm-hmm. One night I was downstairs about 2 a.m. And I was convinced I wasn't getting enough oxygen in. And so uh, I didn't want to wake up anybody. And uh, so I, I panicked, right? So I took off all my clothes. I turned down the air conditioner to 58 degrees. And I turned on the ceiling fan. <laughs> Something about the coolness helped me breathe. And I sat on the couch. Thank goodness no, nobody woke up. Right? I sat on the couch and I just thought about breathing. Wow. But I'll tell you this. In the four weeks that I had it, the Apex boys, the guys that own Apex PT, one of their high school buddies, 50 years old, nine years younger than me, got it, admitted to the hospital, dead. Is that the guy that owned a supplement store over there? He was a wrestler in high school. I don't know. So there was a guy in Illinois that owns a supplement store. Same thing. Got it. Next day, dead. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I always knew COVID was, well, again, we, we've talked about this. I never doubted that COVID was for real. I always doubted our reaction to COVID. All right. And now that I've had it, you know, people ask me, well, have you changed your opinion of the the vaccine? Are you going to get the vaccination? I am still undecided on that. All right. Um, even though they say these antibodies that apparently I have now because my body fought it off mm-hmm. only last for about six months, or at least that's what they say. Right. They also say it's science and we know it, it's too young to be scientific. Mm-hmm. All right. There may be some scientists working on it. But there's still a lot of guesswork. Right. Um, but but nonetheless, um, you know, I don't think my attitude regarding the government shutdown of our economy really has changed either. I guess I guess what disturbed me more than anything was the apparent disregard for what shutting down the economy 
meant to the small business owner. Right. And, and that's the thing that, that frustrated me so. If they came out with the PPP loans earlier, all right, and the PPP loans were a great thing. I think that's one thing our government has done quite well. I, I know many entrepreneurs who survived because of, that. Because of the PPP loans. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, they made the business owner out, at least in my mind, to be evil that he or she wanted to stay in business because, quite frankly, if you ruin someone financially, uh, you've ruined a lot more than just a business. You've ruined a potential family, uh, the ability for the kids to go to college, all sorts of stuff that I don't think was was paid enough attention to in that government reaction. Well, and when a business goes out of business, it's not the owner, not just the owner and the family that suffers. Sure. It's everybody that works for that company, too. Right. And their families and right. stuff like that. So it has a, a, big, a larger impact than just one person or one owner or, or the owners. Absolutely. Now, I will say this. This is positive news. The, the chains that I represent, probably including Ricky's chain, are now up above the... 2019 numbers 2019 mm-hmm. or is it 2018 no 2019 numbers 18, right mm-hmm. so before we had covid uh whether it's we had massage lux on uh we haven't had pickleman's on but uh we should that that would be a great interview um no matter who the client is when we talk about how business is going it seems to be back for them and I'm not sure why, right? I know it's not Joe Biden, um, but uh, or or Brandon, but um, um, I suspect it's pent up. Uh, you know, people just didn't spend for a whole year, so now they're going to spend their dough, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. We'll see as we go into 2022, which is fast approaching. So, um, all right. So, so today. Uh, our best part of our show is our guest, Randy, and we'll let him introduce himself in a second. Um, we would be remiss not to introduce ourselves. My name's Eric Reese. I'm a CPA and a lawyer. I own Aspen Legal. You can find that at AspenLawTeam.com. And my co-host is Ricky Hall. Ricky? Hi, I'm Ricky Hall. I'm founder of Nutrition HQ and Nutrition HQ Franchising. And you can find me online at NHQ.rocks. And the best part of our show today is Randy. Randy, introduce yourself, your company, and where people can find you on the internet. Uh, good evening. My name is Randy Madison, and the name of my business is Madison Rug Cleaning. And you can find us at madisonrugcleaning.com or madisoncleaningservices.com. Our office is in uh, Granite City, Illinois, and we've been in business since 2004. Good. So uh, Randy's done some work at the house. I know he's done some work at my family's house, uh, m- meaning my in-laws, probably a lot of people I know. He's doing work uh, in our neighborhood right now. I think Jill's going to push you pretty hard, Randy. So I look forward to finding out about where Randy came from and how he started his business and his challenges and his victories uh, which we'll talk about in a second. But first, we're going to have Ricky screw up the Hot Topics button. Hot Topics. Very good. So <laughs> the Hot Topic today is business ethics. Business ethics. Why business ethics? Why is that a Hot Topic? 
Um, two days ago, I spoke at a conference. I spoke virtually at a conference of salespeople. And these weren't salespeople that sell a product. These were salespeople that sell franchises, all right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise known as franchise brokers. And and you all know that that I'm a fan of franchising. It's it's really how I make my living. It's certainly how Ricky makes his living. Um, and I'm a fan of business ownership. But um, as I talk to various sales po- people, various brokers, I ask the question, how many of your candidates that you've sold a franchise to are in business after five years? And nobody, nobody knows. Nobody cares. Or, well, let's, let's say this. They don't care enough to know. All right. I don't want to say they don't care, but they don't care enough to know. And a fellow that I work with, another franchise broker, and I'll give him a plug, Rich Ash, down in Texas, he says he keeps uh, in connection with all of his candidates. He wants to know how they're doing. And in fact, they become referral sources uh, because of that, because other people say, how'd you get into this business? They don't say call the franchisor. They say call Rich Ash and he'll help you out. And of course, that's how he earns commissions. But um, I know, uh, and Ricky, you and I have talked about this, that a lot of franchisees fail. They just do, mm-hmm. right? And there are various reasons for that. Sometimes the franchisor didn't uh, vet them enough, yes. all right? Uh, but often uh, the franchisee or the candidate didn't vet the franchisor enough, that, right? Yeah. Because we know, and we've talked about them, mm-hmm. GNC and, and Complete, there are franchisors out there who are more interested in themselves than they are the franchisee's success, all right? And it, in fact, during this conference, uh, a guy spoke, and I listened to this guy. He's a, quote, franchise developer, and you know my feeling on franchise developers, otherwise known as a ripoff. Uh, but um, he said he was creating, creating, he didn't create anything. He was creating or developing five new franchisors a month, right? That's a whole lot of franchisors mm-hmm. being released on an unsuspecting public. That's what I'm thinking, right? It's like, really? One guy is finding 60 franchisors that are successful and they're going to be successful in franchising a year um, seems like a lot seems like a high number right but this brought me to where are the ethics right where are the ethics in all of this if we're selling something for 300 plus thousand dollars um, which is often the price of a of a franchise and we don't even know if people are successful in what we're selling them, where are the ethics? And then I'm thinking, well, does it matter? Does it matter to a salesperson? Because how these salespeople are measured is sales, Mm -hmm. is sales. They're never measured based upon the success of their franchisees, the success of their customer, right? Um, And then I got to thinking about lawyers in the big law firm. How are most of those rewarded? Billable hours. Nobody Mm -hmm. says... Are those billable hours correct? Nobody ever asked that. Did you commit mail fraud when you sent out these bills? 
nobody ever asked that. Remember the old movie The Firm with mm. with uh, Tom Cruise? Yeah, Tom Cruise, right? Mm-hmm. The the guy, <laughs> the the great actor who never changes his character. Right. Right? He's always the same character. Always the same <laughs> in, in every movie, right? And then I saw the Mission Impossible movies. He's the same guy that's in The Firm, but he jer- he just runs really weird. <laughs> if you've ever watched. It's bizarre, okay? But the thing is, is that um, that firm committed mail fraud. How? They were rounding up hours. They were sending out fake hours. Well, folks, uh, get used to it, all right? Because lawyers at these big firms are measured by the billable hour. So what do you think they do with those hours? They're as inefficient as possible. That is a lack of ethics, Mm -hmm. right? And I'm, I'm just thinking about... So how do you, number one, are ethics important um, in business? I I think they are. I do. All right. I agree. And then the question becomes, how do you know if you're being ethical, right? And I really think that it's, for me, it's, it's two things. And I know it all depends upon what business you're in, what you're selling, et cetera. But number one, Measure yourself by the results of your that your clients are you know getting from your product or service. Measure yourself by that, not by your bank account. And again, I love money. Just you know, money's a good thing. All right, but measure yourself by the satisfaction of your clients, which is not always easy to do. Okay, because uh, you know, in my business, I've always got clients that are pissed off it's too slow it's not happening quick enough right you're not as responsive as i wanted you to be um there's always that but then it came back to zig ziglar right and for those who know me it always comes back to zig ziglar and zig ziglar says that um for every sale make sure that the person purchasing is benefiting more by the purchase than you're benefiting by the The sale. sale That makes yep. a lot of sense. Right. And um, you, you got to think about that, right? Are, are mm-hmm. you, are you benefit, you know, my, my rates now are, are $2.95 an hour, a uh, little plug, but uh, are you benefiting more, whether it's financially or otherwise, by using my service than I'm benefiting from the $2.95 an hour that I'm charging? And, um, and you know, you need to be diligent about that because I, I think that's a good measure. I think so. And then going back to like, I think I've said it in here multiple times. Jack Daly has a quote that I love that says, when you care more about the customer than the sell, you'll sell more. Sure. And we found that out at the store levels. When people walk through our doors, they know we care about their success, which in turn, they tell their friends and family. And look what we got going on in Quincy and South Bend right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The customers return and the customers feel, you know, that's the other thing that we've talked about. You know, the car warranty guy. The extended car warranty guy. What's one thing that all extended car warranty companies have in common? Well, eventually they have prison in common, right? They all jumpsuits. It's either tax evasion or some other fraud is going on. But the other thing is no belief in the product that they're selling, right? When your first car warranty sucks, you know the extended car warranty is going to be worse, all right? Uh, And and yet they call you at 8 o'clock at night. Um, so, um, keep that in mind, you know, as you go along with your businesses, 
uh, how do you know that you're ethical? Does it matter? I, and I don't have I, I don't have the answers to any of these questions. Does it matter? Uh, and how are you measured? How are you measured? Uh, is it purely by the time that you charge or the money in your bank account or that nice new Corvette out in your driveway? Or is it measured even by the small entrepreneur? Um, is it measured potentially just by yourself with what impact you're making on your customers' lives? Mm-hmm. Right, and, and that's true for whether it's uh, you sell supplements, I sell legal services, Randy sells cleaning services, okay? Mm-hmm. There, there is no, it, it's some, it's, ethics don't go away no matter what you're selling. Right, okay. no, right. absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Right, right. So, um, all right, very good. So let's get to Randy, but before we do, I've got to put on my new readers to show Ricky my new readers. You see these readers? They're gigantic, right? I got these on a business trip. And you know what Jill calls these? She she calls it our birth control glasses, right? And I'm, I'm not sure why she calls it that. Right? That's what they call them in basic training. BC's birth, birth control. Birth there's control. no way you're having sex when you're wearing those. Right. And at 59 years old, I don't I care anymore, right? So it's like, I'd rather wear the glasses. At least I can see my computer screen. <laughs> All right, very good. So, Randy, we're gonna we're gonna turn it over to you, but we're we're gonna ask you a, a bunch of questions, and let's start at the beginning, right? Uh, where where, Randy, did you grow up and go to school and all that good stuff? I was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and when I turned, I think we moved to Michigan, Saginaw, Michigan, when I was five or six years, like six years old. Okay. And I went to grade school there, went to Catholic school all my life. So the nuns are harsh. Yeah, they chased my little my big brother around <laughs> with the match in class one day, and I thought, well, okay, this is a little different. Yeah, exactly. But uh, but I enjoyed it. Though. I mean, it was a small school and made lots of friends, and so it was okay. So Saginaw, Michigan, where where is that? I'm not familiar with. That's Michigan. about ninety miles. From Detroit. Okay. Small, it's, small, small, small community. Town. It's about 60,000, people. Okay. Not that big. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was just like a lot of Michigan. A lot of people worked from uh, the General Motors of okay. Ford or Chrysler. We had lots of plants up in that area. Sure. So. And, and about when was this, Randy? I moved there in, it was 69. Okay. When we moved to Michigan. And uh, stayed there until I graduated from high school. I went to college, uh, a couple of years, junior college, a couple of years while I was there. And um, got laid off from a job in Michigan. And a friend of mine was at Scott Air Force Base, and I came to visit him. Okay. And uh, the rest is history. Okay. My wife, and now I've been here 30 plus years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, typically the question is not uh, how did you get to St. Louis, but why? Yeah. Why did you come to St. Louis? Um, all right, so Scout Air Force Base, that's just a couple miles from the house. So did you serve in the military or was it civil service? Oh, no, I didn't serve at all. I was, he, the friend of mine was, just, uh, he was full time uh, in the military. I was, like I said, I just came to visit. Okay. And found a job. Okay. And then I met my wife, 
there you go. It's hard to get the Midwest women out of the Midwest. That's right. <laughs> now you're stuck. I'm not leaving. Right. I'm not leaving. Exactly. So, All right. So this is when? In the 80s? Yeah. I moved here and I moved to Belleville, Illinois in 1987. Okay. All right. So between 87 and I think your business started 2004. Is that mm-hmm. right? Uh, between 87 and 2004, kind of walk us through uh, what you were doing for a living, how you were how you were paying the bills. Okay. Well, I was blessed that I was one of those guys. My wife actually made more money than I did ah, initially. Nice. She was, it was very difficult to, for me to find a job, uh, a good paying job. I didn't have the education and uh, just a skill that would pay a lot of money. Sure. So, uh, but my wife uh, took care of a lot of that, and I worked. I had jobs. I have. I worked. Uh, uh, I worked at Dillard's in the mall. I worked for a car lot. That's how a car lot. That's how my wife and I met. Was at a car lot. You sold her a car, <laughs> and then you sold her the rest. Yes. Well, she was a manager, and oh. I was actually working there. Actually, I'm sorry. It was uh, a car wash. Oh, a car wash. A car wash. I it got was you. In Fairview Heights, Illinois. Okay. And I worked there first, and then she came to work there, and that's how we met. <laughs> but, yeah. So, did she become your boss there? Yeah, she the was car my wash? manager. She was my manager. <laughs> was, that, was that the one on 50 there? No, route. It was on the uh, Lincoln Trail in Fairview Heights. Okay. Uh, All right. Is it still around or yeah, no? It's still around. Auto Spa. Yeah. That's yeah. a big one, right? That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, that was like so, one of the first ones in the area. So, so that sounds like some sort of sexual, reverse sexual harassment suit. So <laughs> she's the manager. Yeah. Right? And she's well, dating. Yes. And she's dating me. And uh, well, I did make the first move. So uh, yeah, that's okay. So, <laughs> and, okay. Well, if you know, well, my wife and I are, there's a, Kind of like you, we have an age difference, right? She's she's older than I am. Okay, so yeah, she's she's a cougar, right? And Very nice. nice. <laughs> That's funny. All right, so somewhere between the car wash and 2004, there must have been other jobs in there. Yeah, we I, like I said, I have, um, various jobs. I used to work at Resh. It's uh, they uh, in Belleville. Okay, and what was that called? Resh, R-O-E-S-C-H. It's a manufacturer oh. job. And right across from that restaurant, uh, they just shut down because they didn't have enough employees. Oh, 402010, yeah, whatever yeah, the heck it was. Yeah, that's it. Can you imagine yes, the investment it. that that guy's lost? Yeah. And they put a lot of money into that. I think oh, my gosh. Actually, I think the city may have actually put some money into it. With oh, really? As well, so. but he's, still brewing, he's still brewing beer. I yeah, know that. They've got the... The brewery down like seventy third and yeah seventy something in the West. Used Wing. to be a by by Crehans or what used mm-hmm. to be Crehans out there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you work manufacturing, work manufacturing, and um, and then got laid off in the manufacturing job. And I always knew I wanted to be in business for myself. So okay. before two thousand four, we actually had a franchise. Oh, what we did. Uh, janitorial services. Okay. So from, I'm going to say 92 or 93. Okay. To 2004. Okay. We did that. Okay. So. All right. Was your mom or dad an entrepreneur? No. Nope. No. Just something you I, knew you wanted. I just, no. I, I always, 
it's weird how I want this is and it's crazy how you want to do things I was in school and uh I got tired of my mother waking me up every morning to go to school right and I thought I gotta get a job or I ain't gotta wake up early in the morning so I'm gonna go into business for myself (laughs) and that's actually how it started I just I just don't want to wake up so if I'm my own boss I can pick my own hours how wrong I was about that well I I I, I will tell go to sleep yeah well i we've talked about this you know one thing well i'll give you an example so yesterday it's about three o'clock in the afternoon and uh i said i gotta get out of here okay i was working from home right so jill and i took a drive and we just you know ratted around and you can make those choices um, when you have your own business right. that you can't make if you're working for somebody else. Right. Uh, right. It's, it's working your hours, not their hours anymore. Okay. Right. And, and again, depending upon what your clients need and depending upon mm-hmm. your schedule. But um, I find that absolutely liberating that you can, you can make those choices and, and make them understanding that, okay, I'm going to earn less money today, but that's okay because I'm going to spend a couple hours with the wife. We came home, had a couple of pops, me, a couple more pops. Right. And that was okay. That was a choice I was making. But the thing is, though, is like, it's not, you're taking a step away from it, you know, for personal time or family time, sure. whatever it is. But you're still going to, you may work later that night That's or right. earlier the next day. You still exactly. got to get the work done. You yeah. can't, you can't sweep it under the rug. That right. is true. I started at three 30 this morning. Yeah. Right. So that's why I'm drinking the Red Bull. Right. <laughs> don't, don't tell my wife, although I just did. All right. So, so that's interesting. Cause I was going to ask you, what do you think motivated you to want to own your own business? You just told us you didn't want, <laughs> you didn't want to wake up early. All right. I had a weird idea I could wake up whenever I wanted to and go to work. I don't know why I was thinking that, but so uh, the franchising. How did you get into that? How did you select a franchise, and how did you select a janitorial franchise? Well, I was always a very neat, clean person. I mean, I did most of the cleaning in our house growing up. and it, it, it and I it just made my mother very happy to come home from working sure. hard all day yeah. and having the house nice and clean. Yeah. So I did it to make my mother happy. Yeah. And then little the, jerk don't want to get up in the morning, but he cleans a good he, he cleans a house. Nice. Out of bed, but man, the house is clean. O'clock. My mother don't get home till five, so that gives me a couple of hours to get some work done around the house. So do you find do you find yourself? Uh, to be what, what do they what do they call that? Not compulsive, but uh, I can uh, be anal. Are, are you? Yeah, are you a neat freak? Yes. Right, right. Yes. Uh, yeah. you, so you were a neat freak even when you were a kid. Yeah. I Interesting. Yeah. I don't. I never. I got four kids. No. Nobody's a neat freak. I mean, I, I used to. I would iron my mother's clothes for work. Oh my gosh! Iron my clothes. I was yeah, yeah. I was I was bad. That's an amazing kid. That's <laughs> yeah. there. I was bad. Yeah. All right. So you wanted to get into janitorial, or at least you gravitated toward that because that was something that's just. It, you know, you're wired that way to correct to mm-hmm. clean up. So, uh, can I ask what franchise did you select? Uh, coverall, coverall. Yes. Okay, coverall. Are they, they're still in business, aren't they? They're 
they still are. I'm not real sure if they're in this area, but they may be. They I got be. you. When I first got here, they were j- just starting in the area. Okay. So I was like one of the first. Just curious. Did you use a broker or a franchise broker or no? No. no. Huh. I got, I got blessed that the guy who was the, who on the area, the franchise area. Okay. Uh, area developer. Area developer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they had more, uh, contracts than they had franchisees. Oh. And so when he needed help. So he needed help. Yeah. And so I just happened to at that particular time sign up when they really needed help and so that's how it worked. Okay. All right. So tell us how that went. Um owning your own business, even with an area developer kind of quote uh, supporting you and some support more than more than others. I mean that's a big step, right? Yeah. It was, and uh, it was big for me because I got initially uh, several commercial buildings that were, at the time, uh, was big for me, and they, I thought it was kind of daunting. Yeah. But, and like you said, you don't get as much help as you think you're going to get, you know? No, that's true. Uh, Support. So, uh, a lot of it was just... I always had a can-do attitude, yeah, and I think that helps. Yeah, if you have the right attitude, uh, and you're just not a quitter. I, yeah. I've never been a quitter. I love sports, so I think that's where that came from. The fact, you know, I just want to do a good job. Just yeah. a competitive spirit yeah. in competitive life, spirit, no matter what. No matter what, yeah. you know. You, uh, you, that's probably why I've been married for thirty-three years. Yeah, <laughs> you will. You will. Will not fail now. I know that back in the 90s is totally different labor market than it is today. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I want I wanted to talk about that just for a sec. So I have a lot of people that call me and they say they can't find workers. And again, I do understand it's very easy for me, a Republican and a conservative, to just conclude, well, people don't want to work. Uh but and maybe there is some of that out there. I, I know there was some out some of that out there when there was so much government assistance that people were making fifty grand plus on the couch. Uh, yeah, on the couch. Now I get that, okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I just I'll, I'll propose this. I believe, and again, this is strange for me. It sounds like I'm blaming the employer, but just hear me out. I believe that there are more entrepreneurs out there that do not want to pay the 15 bucks an hour, you know? And so when I'm talking Mm -hmm. to people, I just talked to a guy that owns a Vitality Bulls, which is a restaurant. They serve superfood, right? Which is acai, acai, whatever. Okay. Something I'll never eat. Okay. Uh, And uh, the thing is, is he goes, well, we're still closed. I said, you're still closed. The hell? He says, yeah, it's just me and my daughter work in the restaurant, and we do uh, curb curbside delivery. Mm-hmm. I said, open up. Well, we can't find work or can't find workers. I said, you can't find workers? I said, well, well let me ask you this. Are you in a strip center? Oh, yeah, I'm in a big strip center. I said, uh, well, go ask other people how they're finding workers, okay? And he said, yeah, well, I'll start asking people at lunch. I said, well, let me ask you this. Who's coming by at lunch? Okay. Well, workers from the strip mall. It's like, 
Okay, well, they clearly have found workers. And as we talked, I realized he just didn't want to pay the 15 bucks an hour. And mm-hmm. and guys, understand, okay, it it doesn't matter whether it was a piece of brilliant social engineering uh, or government orchestrated, which which it was. The minimum wage in America right now is fifteen bucks an hour. Yes, okay. It is. The 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 only catch is if you pay someone fifteen bucks an hour, it don't take long before they think they're worth seventeen bucks an hour. <laughs> I mean it it never ends. Right. Right. I mean you take a you know as you know uh, I've worked with with players NFL players. Uh, primarily, and you take a kid who went to uh, doesn't matter what high school, okay, didn't really get a college college education, okay, and he ain't worth nothing on day zero. But on day one, if you get him a contract worth twenty million, he's worth twenty five million. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. it's just it's mm-hmm. just human nature, right? right. No. I'm underpaid for God's sake. It's like well, fifteen bucks an hour—that's a pretty good chunk of change, right? Yeah. But what were your challenges in starting this business? And I I, I apologize for going down that rabbit hole, no. but but one I would assume is finding the right labor. Yeah, and I've been. Fortunate, I was blessed that um, I brought my brother okay down to help me. Okay, <laughs> so little so, brother, big brother. Oh, the big, big brother. brother! I brought the big brother down here, and uh, and he's and he's a really good guy. He's a hard worker. Okay, uh, he's honest. Uh, when I we work in as you know, we work in a lot of homes. Right. So when you go in people's homes, absolutely, you have to be trusting. That absolutely, when they go in there. Yeah, they're gonna just do the work and not take some extra stuff with them. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to see you looking around. And, I mean, just you do know, the job. And and this is this is bad. Okay, but I'm gonna admit it. Okay, so I, I don't have all that nice stuff in my home. Okay, but. You know, I got a nice watch, okay? And I got a couple other nice things, all right? And the maid will come twice a month whenever she comes. And she'll leave. And I can't find my wallet, okay? It's still, there's a small part inside of me. It's like, did she just take my wallet? And it's like, I'm glad she's not a listener, right? She'd she'd be offended. She'd fire me as a client. And the thing is, it's like, no, she put it nice and neat up in a cabinet, you jackass, right? It's just human nature, though. Right? Right. Well, that's the same problem my wife will have because I clean around the house. Right. So she cleans around the house, too. But when she cleans, she puts things in a certain place. The wrong place. But when I clean, I put it in a... In the you right never place. know where it's going to be. You never know where it's going to be. So I, I take it out of the place that she normally has it in. So then there's a problem. What's that? What are the words from that uh, song? Something mad science or something? She tidied it up where I can't find anything. Right? That's 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 it in our house for sure. All right. So how did you? Other than your brother, okay, that's only two guys, and you got some commercial contracts now that you've got to fulfill. How do you find people? Well, I. I would contract out. Okay. I would subcontract out. 
And you were talking about a subject earlier, and I kind of want to uh, please uh, yeah. pat on that. When you were saying it was talk about ethics and how that works, the, the, when I first started working with this contractor, I said, okay, here's how we're going to do it. You, you don't need to go on there thinking how much money you're going to make. Right. Okay. Go on there with the attitude you're going to do a really good job. Right. Because if you go in there with that kind of attitude, yeah, then you'll the money will come. Yeah, but if you don't go in there thinking I'm just going to do a good job or make these people really happy, yeah, then you missed the mark, right? And therefore you're going to miss the money anyway, right? So if I told them, don't even think about how much money you're going to make off of this, right? Sure, now. just think about the job, doing it well, making sure. the customer happy, and then the money will come. So did you, since they were contractors, did you pay them like on a per job basis or per hour? I guess per job. job. Per job basis. You have to, right? Because in that business, if you're going to pay them per hour, they're going to eat it. They're going to tear apart the the bid that you've given to your customer. Mm -hmm. You got to control that spread. Right. Yeah. So... So I heard, okay, and guys, this isn't intended to be racist, okay, but I heard that the Bosnian community in St. Louis was a great community to find workers for the janitorial services business. And I know that just sounded racist, but 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 that's what I've heard. Okay. Did you have you found that to be the case? I have not because well we're in a transition in that what we're what we're doing. We used to do more janitorial. We've gotten okay. out of the janitorial side. We were doing more carpet cleaning and more rug cleaning. We bought new equipment from another country. Yeah, we're going to talk about that, that equipment. My father-in-law said ask him about that equipment he got from Turkey. Well, so we went to a different direction, and I will not be afraid to admit that um, probably one of the biggest factors is the language. Oh. I, I, they work. I see workers that do a good job, and they're working hard. They're working yeah. in bad weather. They're working in good weather. Yeah, but there's a language barrier, so that cr- creates a little bit of problem. Well, of course, us. yeah, absolutely. You can't communicate with your employees there's gonna be a problem so how long did you and your brother run the franchise company well i did that with my wife before my brother he just came up here a little about uh, a little over a year and a half ago oh, for the new venture for the new thing that i was doing but before that we had employees and we had my wife was working with us and she still does uh but we had employees and that was a little different uh but you know, the cheap the cheap labor is gone. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could uh, do a job at a less, less uh, money. Right. But not today. Today right. is a whole lot different. Uh, well, yeah. and let, let's talk about that a little bit. So, um, you know, customers get used to paying certain amounts. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Because you've charged that again and again and again. And yet now costs are really going up, particularly labor costs. And, uh, you know, Ricky, we've talked about this expanding this business, expanding Aspen is a huge financial commitment, right? Mm -hmm. Can make the spread for sure. 
but it's a huge financial commitment because you ain't find anybody for 12, 12 bucks an hour that can do something that's worth a lot more. Okay. So how do you, how do you do that? I mean, is it a competitive environment where you always have this one jackass who will underbid everybody else, no matter, no matter how much money he's going to make or lose on it just to get the client? How, how do you introduce your clients, your customers to this higher overhead? Therefore, I got to charge you more. Well, that's always a challenge. That's yeah. always a challenge. And um, we really try to focus on the quality of our work. Okay. Um, it's easier for uh, to, to judge. Uh, you're a lawyer. Yeah. So what you do in paperwork and preparing for your clients, uh, that's a long, that could be a long period of time. For us, we go into somebody's house, we clean their carpets. Sure. They see immediate results. Right. So if sure. it looks good, yeah, they're very happy with the work. Sure. And uh, we have been, I've been good at not being as high as, the highest people in the industry, but I've not been as low as the lowest people in the industry. Sure. And we're going to, and I find that problem where we're going to someone's house and say, well, I had the guy come by and he did it for this price. Well, I'm not going to do it for that price, right. you know, and, um, and we, I really try to establish that most of my clients come from telephone calls. Right. And so I can kind of pick, figure out, we know where their soft spot is and where, where, where they're going to be. Uh, a little bit more flexible at, and so yeah, we go from there. So you need to be prepared, and this is sometimes a challenge for for me as well. You need to be prepared to address that potential client who simply wants the cheapest. Right, right, yeah. But you know, just like me, I, somebody buying vitamins at. Dollar General yeah. is not going to be Ricky Hall's customer. And you can't pursue them. No. Because no. you're wasting your time, and you're really wasting their time. Yes. Right? Yeah. If if you want to go out and rent a rug doctor and do it yourself, more power to you. Okay? You're just not my customer. Right. Right. You know? Right. And that's uh, going to be a problem uh, America's going to be facing at least up until the next year. Right. That's going to be a big problem because as we can see now, you get those tanks, you know, loaded out there. I mean, you can't yeah. get products in the way you want to. Sure. And so the ones you get in, just like for me, my products are going up. So I have to charge more. Of course. But I, I really try to educate my customer. So before I step in there, they know, okay, look here, I understand you know this was going on, and they really are accommodating toward that. I mean, but I'm not raising my prices up 40 50 percent. No, so, I mean, we're going up, you know, very sure, very small, so that uh, that it's not a shock to them. You're going up enough to keep your margins in place, you yes. know, yes, with, yeah, without jeopardizing because it is okay, everybody in America, to make a profit. Yeah. It is okay, of course, you have <laughs> to, and. And, but you still have to continue to do a good job. Absolutely. Because if you don't, then someone's going to come right in there. And they're going right to take that from yeah. you. So. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so one thing is, 
you have to convey or be prepared to convey the quality, to convey why the price difference, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the other thing is, um, like, we, we get those mail packs, okay, which mm-hmm. I, I am shocked that people use those mail packs because I, I so boom, you know, mm-hmm. in the trash can. Oh, Domino's, oh, Papa John's, okay, I'm done, the rest. And when I saw those things, it's like, Three rooms for $18. It's like, I ain't ever going to hire them because I know it's going to be a horrible job. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I suppose, and and this really sounds elitist, I suppose there are those people that use that. But it's like those those guys that lay carpet. What what is it? uh, The the two uh, cartoon guys, right? We actually hired uh, that company to come out and give us a bid, all right? And they'll say, you know, we'll do three rooms for $45 a piece, right? Well, then they come out, and they upsell the shit out of you, okay? Mm-hmm. And by the time you right. it ain't $45, it's $4,500, yeah. right? Wow. So out you go. Well, and I said going up to some of these oil change places, $19 oil changes. But then you get there, do you want to upgrade your Fram yeah. air filter? That would be yeah. $45. Do you need wipers? These, yeah. look, these look a little rough. Well, I just put them on last week. Yeah. Well, I can get you a new set for $45. Yeah, the computer <laughs> computer's telling me that that... Uh, that uh, you know what? What is Your it? Canuder that, valve needs yeah, to be canuder out. valve. My canuder valve. Oh yeah, that's that's a hundred dollar item right there. <laughs> but we're running a discount ninety nine ninety nine. Yeah. Well, you know uh, when I first when before I got uh, full time in the carpet cleaning, there was a company. Yeah. That that's what they would do. They would. They, they it was, I think it was eight dollars a room. Yeah. Or something like that and. They can't if they can't make money on it. Yeah. If if there is no way that you could see them making money on it, they're gonna do a bad job because how little time? Well, it's it's those grass uh, sprayer guys. Mm-hmm. You ever home when they come by? All right. They're like, what the hell? They were here. Now they're gone. Okay. And now you got to call them and yell at them. Say hey. I, I ain't paying for that application. Right. Your gal was here for three minutes, okay? And, you know, you think about what do they have to do to make a profit on $8 a room? Well, here's what I did. <clears throat> I actually went and worked for them. Oh, uh, okay. For about a, about a couple of weeks. That's just, brilliant. Just to see. I'm like, okay, i got to find out. Yeah. How are you making any money? Secret shopped them so, in a real way. And so I I did. I joined their company for about three weeks just to see. Uh, Interesting. And, yeah, it, it it wasn't good. Yeah. It wasn't very good. Yeah, you go in here and you spray the carpet with a little water so they feel that it's wet. And then this is your spray bottle that makes it smell clean. Mm-hmm. And go yeah. hit the other room. Yeah. And it wasn't even equipment that they were. Uh, it was it was almost embarrassing. Yeah. So, yeah. But that's yeah. but ethics. that's genius. Back to ethics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right. So. But um, but again, it is always a challenge. Obviously, once you get established. And you've got tons of clients. Uh, not only do you have repeat business, but um, for example, uh, Jill, uh, everybody knows who we are for the most part in the orchards in the neighborhood we live in, 500 houses around a golf course 
And um, if if people say to Jill, well, is he is he good? Uh, is he going to provide good service? And she says yes. Then the price is not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I, at least I wouldn't think so. But but again, you know, you got to be in touch with. The average person, I, I don't know who the average person is anymore. Okay, mm-hmm. we, we lived in such a, uh, you know, a, a well, a blessed uh, life uh, for, for lack of any other term that sometimes you forget, right, how average Joe is doing out there. Uh, but knowing your customer and knowing who is not your customer is, is absolutely huge. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then helps you to uh, build that relationship so that you can they can uh, give you more customers. Sure, of course, yes, uh, especially for what I do. I, it's and and most of my customers that I meet, especially in the carpet clean, rug clean, are women. Oh, because women make most of the decisions. Of course, in the home, running you know, the house. They're, they're, they're there. They're saying, "Hey, that looks bad. I'm going to do something." My husband's weird. We're like, "All right, well, whatever you want to do." Yeah, you know. So. And a lot of the customers I meet, I have to really put them at ease because yeah, they saw my website. Maybe yeah. they got a, a reference from someone else about me. But I have to then do my job and preparing that customer for what we're going to do. And I also have to put them at, like I said, at ease so that they're not, not worried. One of the things I do is as soon as I go in their house, I start opening up windows, letting you know, hey. I'm in here just so sure you know I got nothing to hide. You can see everything I'm doing, right? Uh, whether you're looking or whether you're not looking, yeah. This is what we're going to do, and you know, and if and like you, ethics, right? You go in there with us, you know. Uh, I, I go into some beautiful homes, right? Absolutely beautiful homes, and I let the customer know how beautiful their homes is. But that's as far as it goes. I mean, if sure. they got nice pictures, I'll look at the, you know, the, oh, that's a nice picture and things like that. But, but you're down to business. I'm there for business, and I want them to know that I'm there for business because, you know, they may have some things that they want to do. So yeah. they got to go, and I don't want to just hold them up yeah. hold them yeah. up and stuff like that there. So. so are you personally involved in each of the jobs that you do? Yes, I am. Okay. I'm, I am. I'm, I'm very hands-on. And that's limiting. Where, it's limiting. Yeah. And that's probably something I need to work on. Yeah. I need to not, I need to step back a little Let bit a little and bit. put more trust in the people who have worked with me so that we can grow better. Sure. So, so we had a roofing contractor on and his job, while he can still get up there and and do roofing probably better than all of his employees. His job is basically to go from job to job to make sure that they're doing it well, but he's not there for the entire job. Right. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and because of that, he's able to expand his business, but, but he's still got to keep his toe in the water. Right. Right. Because one, one bad roof, can make a very bad month because now you got to redo the damn thing, right? Well, and not only that, you know, when we were first starting out in the eighties and the early nineties, we didn't have the social media we have today. Correct. So you do a bad job now. Everybody they'll knows. Post it on their. They'll post it. They'll you know they. You know, yeah. you got the rings in the front of your door now. So if you're out there and you're saying something that they don't want you don't want them to say or you don't want them to. 
you know, that it's not very nice, it could be a problem. So well, <laughs> they'll post right on the tw- yeah. on, on the Twitter for you, and there you go. Yeah, and and people are so. The other day, we go to the Reserve. Have I told you about this place, the Reserve? I think so. The Reserve is actually they got a couple of locations, and their whole idea is to get a liquor license to get the gaming machines. All right, those gaming machines are highly profitable, and uh, you, you can. There's a website you can actually look up over in the, in state, the yep. state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. And you can look it up by address, by name, and you, it tells you exactly how much money they're making. Right. Okay, so uh, the the way it works is you got a bar or uh, any place that serves liquor. It could be Casey's. Okay, uh, so long as they got a liquor license. All right, um, Casey's General Store or Circle K or whatever, and uh, you don't touch the machine. People put the machine in for you. People service the machine for you, okay? Mm. Uh, and you make a third. I think the state makes, makes a, a third, third, and the, the city makes a third. Right? The city or the uh, yeah, uh, no, yes, the vendor makes a third. Yep. Okay, so, something like that. Yeah. Third go to taxes. Third go to the government. Third go to you, and a third go to the vendor. I mean, what's not to like, yeah. right? So the reserves set up a place right by the house. It's a. It's there, uh, Randy, uh, on uh, 177 in Greenmount. Okay. 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 And uh, beautiful bar. I mean, and very high-end drinks, which surprised me because it's like, just serve beer and wine. That's what Lucy's and some of these other mm-hmm. gambling places. In fact, I think Lucy sells it out of a <laughs> out of a cooler. So you walk in, and they got a cooler, and you grab a can of you beer and go gamble, right? Oh, okay. That's Low overhead, okay? <laughs> so the other day we're there, and they've got this beautiful bar up here, and then they've got maybe, oh, eight tables, okay? Well, we're there a little early. Happy hour starts early in the Reese household, and we were the only ones at the tables, okay? There were eight patrons at the bar, but we were the only ones at the tables. Bartender walked by us twice, 10 minutes, no drink. No drink. Not a how you doing, not a kiss my ass, nothing, okay? And he walked by us twice, all right? So then I said, well, let's get the hell out of here, all right? So we got up, walked out. As we walked out, it's like, nothing. Thanks for coming. Go, you know, F yourself, nothing, all right? So I get on social media, and I said, oh, man. I said, uh, I had such great hopes for the reserve. I said, but that young bartender, he will not serve you. Okay, so in between the reserve and the Juicy Peanut, which is located in Mascuta, which is where we went for a drink. All right. Jill chewed me out the whole way. You shouldn't post that on social media, etc. Where do you draw the line? Where where, you know, is is that unfair to the company, to the business to post a miserable experience that you had with the business. Is that unfair? Is there a rule, you know, speaking about ethics, ethics as a customer, right? Is there some customer ethic rule that you got to give them another shot before you post something on social media? That's a challenge. I've never responded really to something. 
I guess because, you know, I wouldn't want someone to respond to me in the negative way. Sure. Especially if I, you know, and, and some people aren't really, they're just complainers. Yes, that's true. They're just complainers. They're going to never be happy. Well, and I, I, don't, co- yeah. I don't think that any product or service is going to have 100% perfect ratings. No, no way. No. And, and you never know where it's going to come from. I did a customer's house, and it was raining. Yeah. And it was in a condo. Yeah. So there's a sh- it's all shared grass. Yeah. The yard's all shared. Yeah. I didn't, and the lady, I had water in a bucket. Yeah. Just poured the water out. Now, it's already raining outside. Yeah. So I poured a bucket of water out, and... And she just and she's she's not even my customer. She just right. lives next door. So she runs out the door. Oh boy! And she's just that wasn't very nice. You shouldn't be dropping water out here. If you got water to drop out, you put it in this guy's house that you were in. And I'm thinking, ma'am, it's raining outside. Now, yeah. This is shared grass. It's not even yeah. your grass. And she gave me and she sent me a uh, uh, she posted something on my website. He was really mean. He was oh, this and man. he was that. And I and I thought, man, but what, what, what do you do about that? There's so, nothing you can do about that. I mean, I could. Yeah, I believe they call them um, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So, so you know, Ricky and I have often talked about this. I, I think that social media has done a more damage to our society than good. All right. And mm-hmm. I don't know if it did the damage to society or society just sucks in general. And now we're just finding out about it because of social media. Don't you remember when Kiwan was in here with Mr. Barbecue and he, you asked him, what do you think the problem is today with the young kids and all the crime? And yeah. he held up the phone. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, social media doesn't really, well, I so Jill looks at it. She'll swear she doesn't. Okay, Jill looks at it a ton more than me. All right, I'll look at Facebook in the morning when I get up. Okay, and then usually at night when I'm having a scotch. All right, that's when I'll look at Facebook, and that's really the only social media I'll take a look at. If people, and I think the majority of Americans, if you look this up, the majority of Americans. <laughs> are getting their news from Facebook, okay? I mean, that's some scary shit right there. They're getting they're getting their information from Karen, okay? <laughs> but I look at Facebook and I think it's all it's all bullshit, okay? Right. My kid is the smartest kid ever. It's like <laughs> kind of a dumbass. <laughs> You know, everybody's saying, you know, look at us, man. Mm -hmm. We're in Acapulco, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, don't you two hate each other, right? It's like, it's it's always something perverted or something dramatic or something emotional. Mm -hmm. You know, like this gal that you pour water on her grass. Sure, it had some cleaning fluid in it. Sure, it had dirt in it. But the fact of the matter is, it's being... uh, uh, you know, all that stuff is being nullified by the rain coming down. Yeah, but it was just water. Yeah, it was oh, just, just extra, water. It was, I had extra water oh. in a bucket. Oh, it was, so it was just, just water. <laughs> it was anything other than great. water. I, I wouldn't pour anything other than that. But well, let me ask you this. <laughs> let me ask you this. Do you find, 
um, because social media is, is a pain in the rear, or certainly can be, uh, due to people just posting way too much and going off the deep end. Do you find that the customer is that way? Is it the customer that's overly sensitive, or is it other people who, you know, the, the nunyas, nunya business, but they make it your business, you know? I, because I've not found that my customers are super sensitive or have changed their sensitivity. Well, this might sound bad, but it's going to be fair yeah. with, with my assessment. Okay, when I go into people's homes, I can almost tell that they're going to be oh. how they're going to be. High maintenance. And this, is, and this is going to be, some, okay, if I'm watching, if I go into someone's house and yeah. they have Fox News on, yeah, they tend to be less aggravating. Interesting. Interesting. They tend to not, uh, Nitpick. not pick <laughs> quite as much. But if I go in their house and they have on MSNBC. Oh, man, get it's, ready. It's going to be. It's be a long job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> they, 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 they just have much more to, t- to talk about in, in the world we, we live in. And, you know, there's this old saying, misery loves company. Yes. And some of these people are not the happiest people in the world. Yeah. And so they're always spouting off opinions that are But it's interesting, right? Because if you surround yourself with media that is always finding the bad guy, always finding a reason that the world is not just, okay, this guy, I, w- I haven't even been following his trial, this writ- written, Rittenhouse, Rittenhausen, yes. okay? 17-year-old kid, should he have been there with an AR-15? Probably, Probably not. not, okay? But- I don't want my kid there with an AR-15, okay? Then we find out, because now I'm digging into it, because everybody says, you got to, you know, give me your opinion on this trial. Uh, then we find out that the guys that he killed... No justification for killing somebody, but they weren't all that great of guys either, okay? But it's very interesting because I saw Fox News this morning, okay, when I got up. I saw Fox News, their coverage of it, and they're just kind of saying, hey, the defense has called for a mistrial. There is a problem with this drone footage in that the way the defense got it was different than the form that the prosecution had in it. Um, and that that was telling me facts, okay? And I flip over to MSNBC, which is very easy because it's like one click away. Right. And <laughs> this judge is biased and, you know, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And yeah. now the judge is temporarily barred. MSNBC from, from the courtroom. courtroom. Not, yes. uh, yeah, yeah. not they, because of that, but because be, they followed the the, the van that yes. they were taking the people who were in the jury. They was following them, so they right. said, you cannot follow this. And this, this is, is a illegal. sequestered jury. Yeah. Right? So, um, so, so it is interesting. If you surround yourself, we say this all the time. If you surround yourself with negative people, you're going to be negative. You're going to be negative. Um, and there's that quote, mm. you're the median of the five people you circle in your circle. Right. Right. You know? For sure. So if you got four Karens in your circle, you might want to find a new circle. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, 
look, we make money off of all kinds of people. Right. Sure, you know, sure. The, the nice people, mean people. Sure, you know, it, it's just much a much better experience when they're a nicer person. Yes. <laughs> You know, Randy, you said it. I've you know been in retail 22 years now, and I've had this conversation with my guys and girls. You know that customer when you're selling them something. Mm-hmm. You're, they'll leave, and you're like, that's coming back. You know that's coming back, and they're not going to be happy. Right. And they always come back unhappy, and then you try to take care of it the best you can, and then they let you know how much money they spend with you. Well, mm-hmm. no, you don't because I do the books and sure. I know who comes in and comes. So mm-hmm. it's all, you just know it. You right. just know it every time. Yeah. So it, it's interesting. So, um, you know, when we go to the lake, which uh, is about five and a half years from now, when we go to the lake, I'll do my legal practice because, uh, again, uh, thank you, COVID, right? Taught us how to work from anywhere. It's amazing. Mm. Uh, but I won't do it to this extent, all right? And I'd like to do some stuff with, there's so many lake houses down there, thousands of them, mm. that people will just pay to have you do stuff. And I'm talking simple stuff, mm-hmm. power wash, all right? right. Um, but I've often thought about this. It's like, how do you tell who the troublemakers are before you accept the contract? Because once you accept the contract, now you got to do the work. Right. Right. And, you know, do, do you ask them up front? Do you watch Fox or MSNBC? <laughs> I guess you could. Well, funny. A lot, the people, they tend to have it on if, if you go to their house. Most okay. of the time, they'll just have it on. <laughs> right, right. But there has to be, that, that would be interesting to find out if you could ask a series of questions, not that direct, okay? Uh, but if you could ask a series of questions that would give you that flavor before you, you right. book them. Well, and the interesting part about, from my point of view, from that is, is that uh, I don't know because I'm black. Mm-hmm. If I go into their houses, they automatically assume I'm a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. And so they automatically start thing, saying things that are that they think I'm going to like to hear. <laughs> right. That's funny. And then, and and then I have to you know play it off like yeah, well you know. <laughs> Which, which again, I don't know if that's racist or not. I don't even know what racism is anymore because it's, yeah, it's all we use. This, we use this, we use that term so much now. It's been watered right. down. But it, so but it's, it's a categorization, right? You mm-hmm. must be a Democrat, right? Yeah. And um, you know me, white, white bald, bald guy, guy. You're definitely a racist. De- definitely <laughs> a racist and a homophobe and whatever. Well, okay. you kind of go against the trend too because uh, a lot of lawyers. Yeah, tend to isn't that weird? Yeah, I don't get it. On the left, yeah, on the left side, more yeah. so than I, conservative I side. Yeah, so. I don't get it, right? But uh, I, I am as my dad, dad raised me, right? I, I went through the rebellious liberal period, and, and then I, yeah, and then I, then I came back, right? Yeah, and uh, I tried to grow my hair out long. Well, you see what happened. So I said, well, I guess I got to be a Republican, right? But I was convinced when I was a kid, my dad was wrong about everything. Oh right? yeah. And then you got to get old, and then all of a sudden you go, damn, he was pretty smart. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, lessons, the lessons in life. Right, yeah. for sure. So we're going to ask you, uh, Randy, uh, you know, I, I told you before we started uh, that you don't have to prepare. We're going we're gonna to ask you a question. I'm going to pose it to you now, but I got to talk about this machine from Turkey. And, uh, and the question that we ask everyone, although sometimes I forget, and, and uh, Ricky tells me afterwards, is um, if you were going to tell somebody uh, a lesson or a couple of big lessons uh, that would prepare them for business ownership, okay? So you take you and your shoes back in the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. What would you believe to be the most important thing that they should know before they get into entrepreneurialism. But before you answer that, I want your mind to work on it. But before you answer that, you got to tell me about this machine from Turkey. Is that right? It's from yeah. Turkey? Istanbul, Turkey. Okay. Um, I had started looking at, because we do carpet clean, we do janitorial services, and you know that's just the competition in that area is, pretty big tough yeah so i wanted to do something that no one was doing okay i won't and so I, probably like in 2013 i started looking at these youtube videos of these rug cleaning machines yeah and i really was impressed by it and i thought you know this would probably give me a uh, edge up in yeah. the in the area where I'm at and w- what I wanted to do, uh, but they didn't have a domestic salesperson. Okay, and I was not going to go fly to Istanbul, Turkey, yeah, to figure out what this was. Yeah, and so it took. And Istanbul would not be on my list yes, of no, no. places I got to see. Yeah, so when I met uh, Hamid um, Wardak, he's a guy. He was actually a doctor. And he became a rug cleaner. I thought, wow, uh, that's a... Make more money in Turkey yes, cleaning yes. rugs. I was like, I said, so you went from a pediatrician to be a rug cleaner. That's yeah. a pretty big jump. Right. But anyway, so... Um, remind, so me, I, remind me of the story where the plumber comes into the house, right? And uh, he gives me the bill. And I go, holy smokes. I said, I can't make that much money as a lawyer. He said, neither can I. <laughs> That's a good, right? that's a good paying job with plumbers now. Yeah, I mean, exactly, they're really low and uh, not a lot of people doing it. So. Yeah, but, but think anyway, about so, what they got to do. So anyway, so I started looking at it, and it took, and I think it was in 2019. Oh, this is recent. Yeah, I or uh, yeah, because he had just he had just became their rep for this. Company, company called CleanVac, and that's who the manufacturer was. And um, when I met him, uh, I meant to go visit him in Georgia and um, got along with him real well. And like what they were, what he was saying. And um, about three months later, I uh, ordered the, uh, the equipment. It took about <laughs> four months for me to get it. Hey, it takes five months to get a kitchen table. Right. So, so this is before COVID. Yeah. I, I, right. I wouldn't imagine what it would take oh. right now to right. get that over here today. So. so it was manufactured in Turkey. Yes. Okay. And this has got to be a fairly big piece because yes. it, it yes. feeds. Did I get this right? It feeds the whole rug. Right. In. And yeah. I, I don't know if people understand it, but 
if you have a truly Persian rug or an Oriental rug, these things are tremendously expensive. And Six because fingers. they're wool, oh, yeah. and if you get them wet, they are tremendously heavy. Because they're wool, right? They're wool. Yeah. And so you wet, and wool, you have to be, when you get them wet, they kind of smell like a wet dog. Yeah. So you have to be careful with how you so yeah. handle yeah. that. So you get this machine. Yep. It it's in me. pieces. No, it came over. Oh, no, it was, it's huge. They're, they're all huge. I mean, it was, the the truck that it came over was filled from the front to the back, and they were stacked in. Because huh. we had about five pieces of equipment. You know, yeah. we had the duster. That's the first thing we do. We dust the rugs. Right. And then we had the wash machine. That, and, and we can wash air rugs uh, up, you know, like, up to 20 feet oh wow and with so yeah uh, and um so yeah it's the funny thing about it was it we had four hours to unload this oh. truck okay and it was three of us guys uh. i had no idea that i thought they were going to help unload it yeah. but they did not huh and we got it off in four hours <laughs> heavy uh, heavy heavy oh yeah everything is heavy it's, yeah uh, if you go to our website, uh, there's a video on there oh. for you can see what we do. Uh, it's very unique. And well, uh, this does have to set you apart because you can't clean those things no. with traditional machines. Nor no. would you want to, no. because of the investment that people no. have in them. And then you have to dry them, and you have to, and that takes a while. And so we got the equipment to dry it and to hang them. So uh, it takes about two days for wow. you know. But it's a really neat process. Well, that is a niche. Yeah. So that was my niche. I had to find, I wanted to find something that nobody else was doing. And I'm happy to say, I think I have the only one in the United States. Wow. Wow. So, That's pretty yes. cool. Yeah. yeah. Hadid so, is not that yeah. great of a salesman. Yeah. 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 Step <laughs> his game up. Yeah. Why can I not sell more? <laughs> <laughs> well, and so, and, and it was just, and, but the thing that I like about all the departs, that are on it, we can get domestically. So it's oh. not like if something happens and I've had problems with it, you know, there's. So you've become an expert, have to, in that machine. Yeah. And I tell you, which it goes against everything I have ever said. I always said I would never be the first guy to jump into the pool. Yeah. Yeah. And so here I am buying this equipment in this country from yeah. another country that nobody else has. And yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. And I'm thinking. I've seen you try to uh, pay the parking yeah. meter. I'm like, what? Yeah, I'm not real good. <laughs> uh, hey, I clean for a living. Randy and I were out there for not, 15 minutes. Yeah, I'm not a mechanically inclined <laughs> person or technically inclined person either. So. You don't have to tell me that. <laughs> I'm old school. You know, I'm used to the rotary phones. <laughs> All right. Well, that's amazing, and I think that's a great a great niche for sure. Because mm-hmm. if you get you into their those people's homes, that my guess is are a lot of those homes pretty big, and uh, usually have multiple rugs too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. my uh, uh, buddy who I've talked about, uh, Vahid Kazaruni, uh from Iran, uh, his house is hard surfaces with those humongous, mm-hmm. heavy rugs. rugs. Yep. Yeah, in fact, uh, um, I'll have to uh, remind myself when I get home tonight that uh, I'll, t- I'll tell Vahid, who lives over here, uh, he lives in town and country, 
that you've got that machine. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, because, um, I mean, hell, he's got four of them in this house. Yeah, you and know? I'll put a link in on that video on your website. And, yeah, we're, and, and we're, like, half the price of, uh, of, of our company. That's how we were able to... We wanted to come in low and try to get sure. people to see what we're doing, and then, like I say, it's a pretty amazing piece of equipment. So, all right, so so now the question, all right, or now the answer, uh, as as told by Randy, um, you were a guy who went from, and again, uh, I, I I don't mean any f- offense by this, but very average labor. Mm-hmm. to owning your own business. Mm-hmm. And you did it, uh, it seems like overnight, okay? Probably it didn't seem like overnight to you. Uh, to a franchise where you're paying royalties and all that stuff, to finally um, owning your own business under your own brand, etc. So, So if you had to tell someone who's in that position, whether they just don't want to get up early in the morning uh, or um, they want to be an entrepreneur for for any other reason, what would you tell them? Well, you really have to have a certain mindset to do this. I mean, you really do. I mean, I'll give you an example. This is... I was playing this game with this girl, and we were playing a couple, a couple of guys, and they were really good, and sure. I knew they would beat us sure. in this game. And I said, uh, and she, and we were starting to lose, right. and she just said, oh, I'm going to quit, I'm going to quit, I'm going to just quit. Sure. Here's what I would say. I would rather you be a loser than be a quitter. I yeah. agree. Right. So, because if you lose... You can learn to win. Yes. But if you just quit, yes. you never get in the game. So yeah. I think it takes having a really good attitude yes. that, you know, you're going to be, have to endure some things. Yes. So you got to be prepared to run a long race. Right. It's not a sprint. This is a marathon. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. This is, so you have to, I think your mindset is the first thing you have, you have to work on. Yeah. You have to have that prepared. You know, it's it's interesting. I, I have said to people in the past that I want you to try at this. And I want, I want to feel that you've tried at this. All mm-hmm. right? And it's that moment that I feel that they are not trying that I lose all faith in them. Yep. Yep. Right? And so, so be willing to give it your effort, mm-hmm. right? And don't think it comes easy because it doesn't. And we've talked about that. It always looks like people that own their own business, it always looks easy to those people who have not owned their own right. business. Right. And it's not. It's yep. tough. You know, I was just talking to a guy that owns uh, uh, a restaurant in town. They're struggling in St. Louis. And, um, you know, I just said to him, making money is not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, unless you're an employee of somebody and, and you want to make that kind of money. But right. making money as an entrepreneur is not easy. And there can't be quit in you. You got to have grit. Right. Mm-hmm. Grit right. And no quit. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, Randy. Well, it's been a pleasure. We hope you enjoyed yourself. I did. Yeah. This is fun. All right. So take us out, Ricky. 